to deal with uh, schooling now for um, younger children, trying to get online. The hardest thing for me is this technology. I was never near the computer at all, maybe with my phone. And now it's having to learn how to operate uh, your home life, your work life, school, all around this computer. And it's been, it's been really crazy trying to get around this new technology. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely been a, a huge challenge in, in our house as well. You know, kind of pivoting and launching the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference from a live event to uh, a, an event here was like a huge learning curve. Like I'm having to develop skills I didn't even know I had. Um, Joanne, what are some of the, how are there some of the issues that you have found with COVID? What, what sort of has struck you the most? Well, immediately, my husband was laid off temporarily from work. So that threw us for a loop. And I, being home in the house with all the children was natural for us. Uh, that was not an issue at all. In fact, it was a bigger issue for the children because their friends were all home and they knew it and they couldn't go see all their friends. So um, that was that was adjustment for them, uh, learning to just stick with each other. Um, and then having all the adults home too. So the house has been full. We've had a lot of meals together. Uh, it's always bustling here. So, so that changed uh, our dynamic. I couldn't continue the way I had always with the youngest kids homeschooling. Uh, I had to work on our schedule. I had to look at new ways to get a little bit done anyway, every day. So, yeah, so I guess all of the cooking is a big, huge challenge. Um, all of the people I find big, huge challenge. All of the noise, big, huge challenge, you know, um, and, and not having that uh, solitude for sure. Um, I, I just wanted to say hello to a few people. Um, hi, Amy, you're here from Cambridge, which is uh, fantastic. Amy, you had asked for, um, some homeschooling moms. So now we've got two homeschooling moms here. Uh, for any of you that are interested in a particular topic, please, you know, email us, send us a hello, Amy, if you have any specific questions about homeschooling, uh, please pop them in. Oh, and there's Linda Halliburton. Um, she helps with the uh, ministry quite a bit and she's the mother's group leader at St. Peter and Paul. So, you know, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Peggy is telling everybody how fantastic your uh, Zumba classes are, Marifasa. <laughs> so, now, uh, you know, today's program, we're wanting to focus on dealing with stress and how to deal with stress. And I've got to say, like, for years and years and years, I, I was reading about stress and I wrote like, you know, right from, I'm going to date myself here, but like right from the seventies through to the nineties, you know, there was stress on stress. There was managing stress. There was stress without distress. There was the relaxation response. There was stress for success. And then there was the stress solution. And you know what? No matter how much I read, I'm still stressed. And it wasn't until I 
began to live my faith life in a more deep and profound way that I finally learned how to deal with stress. So sometimes, you know, we're going to Indigo, we're going to bookstores, reading a thousand books, and the answers aren't there. The answers are actually right here. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, Arifa, you have gone through a lot in the last several years. Can you, can you tell us, tell us your story? Like, tell, tell us what you've been through in the last little while. Sure, um, I could share. Um, well, first, first and foremost, uh, I was a homeschool mom for a while, and um, and uh, at, there was a period, and I'm going to go back a bit. In 2012, I got really, really, really sick. Like I was bedridden, all my bones, my muscles, all sore. And finally, they di diagnosed after all the testing for one year. They had to do that. That I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease the lupus and um it was it was horrible and the only thing that would help me get out of that is um is is meds they told me and at that time i was really depressed i was stressed obviously because i couldn't even homeschool my kids i couldn't even care for them really well and um and, and anyway so I found fitness to be a perfect fit for me. Uh, it just, I have a lot of, it gave me a lot of joy. I have a lot of energy. It really got me off the couch. So I really got that as part of my getting back into shape, having a really clear uh, view in my head of, of, uh, of a picture. I used that time actually, I used to run in the mornings and that was the only time I had to, with myself and with, with God. And I would pray the rosary. That was my run was the 20, 25 minutes of that rosary in the morning. And so that helped me get through that period. In uh, 2016, uh, we were told we were expecting another child. And I was 43 at that time. And I was so surprised because I was pre-menopausal. And I was thinking I was pre-menopausal. What the heck was going on? And I was feeling all these weird feelings all around me. And I did take a blood, uh, test and it said I was pregnant. So I was shocked. And um, and so our sixth child, we were told, and at that point, I, at that point, I was already uh, five months pregnant. See, that's how, <laughs> that's how surprising it was. And we were told that she has a lot of complications and that um, every time we went to a doctor's visit, they gave us the option to abort. And uh, because they said, there's no way she's gonna make it. There's no way she's gonna survive the womb. And we continue to pray. And in, in with her little soul in my womb already, we had hundreds of people praying for us and lifting us in prayer. Yes, that was a huge stressful time, but um, we just had to put trust in the Lord. We had to trust that God was going to care for her and use every means to use her as a, a vessel for him to use uh, to bring people close to him. So we uh, went through the pregnancy and she was born perfect in the in my eyes perfect pink chubby she was only four and a half pounds because she was born at seven months um and in those few moments that i got to hold her without any ma machinery uh, attached to her she was perfect and then within a couple minutes they had to put her away because she did have a lot of physical um 
dysfunctions. Um, so she, so she was, she lived for four months. We both, um, we, our family was separated. My family was up in Orangeville and I lived in Toronto at uh, Mount Sinai Hospital and Ronald McDonald House. And that time was a huge blessing, a blessing. And most people would say, what, how can you say that when you've gone through so much, your family is going through so much. And honestly, it was really in that suffering. It's really in that time that we had to put our trust in, in God and, and God has a plan. And I, I think it was in that time that I just had had to release all that fear, all the things that I could not control and just trust, you know what, God has a plan. He's written this plan for us before I was even born, before Trinity was born and just to let it go and be joyful. And people would sit there and go, well, how are you, how are you like this? How are you not worried or stressed? And, and it was just, it, it was just to know that there's nothing I can control except to keep Trinity alive day by day with my love to pray for her. And it's incredible, miracle after miracle was showered upon us. Uh, the community pulled together, my family pulled together. And uh, really it's just to see so many people in prayer and we're touched, people we didn't even know were contacting us in prayer. And I really feel that her life in this world, in this earth had really brought so many people and she continues to bless us from heaven. Um, last year, 2019, another, huge crazy uh situation came and my my son was diagnosed with cancer and for that oh my gosh i, I feel that that itself was uh, how harder. old was your son how old was your son when he was diagnosed with cancer he was 20 he was 20, 20 years old okay 20 years old and he just finished school his um he just finished college and uh so his whole life ahead of him what is he gonna do and um he was really, really sick. And my husband and I, we didn't know what to do. We have to lift our hands up. And, and it's something in the back of my mind said, everything, you know, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. God has a plan. And uh, it was, we, they found it in stage three. Actually, my son was diagnosed stage three cancer at that time. And uh, he had to go through, as soon as they, he was diagnosed, they put him on chemo, aggressive treatment poor kid he was so sick um but he got through uh he i learned a lot in that time that i was with him with the strength that can come from god is just amazing and again our our community pulled together family friends pulled together our catholic moms group and we i was just surrounded with such grace from god and again it was just to say i am not in control here god is and uh what a blessing it has been. Um, he is now cancer free. It was uh, his last testing in January and um, God's timing is perfect. Honestly, I'm not sure if it was reversed with my son being sick with cancer first and then Trinity come. I don't, I don't know how we would have handled it again, giving it to God. But I really feel that Trinity's presence three years ago had prepared us for what was to come with David. And Dave, and this timing again is crazy. If this happened, this like like within this pandemic oh my gosh with that meant we would have to figure out what we would have done with chemo treatments he was in stage three so again he's fine now we're fine now and now we can look at this time when we're going through this pandemic and things are upside down and crazy and just you know we'll get through god will provide i lost my job myself i've been laid off from three means of income that i was involved in so i had my fitness my ministry at the at the church and all of that's gone so my first was panic 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 how am i gonna how are we gonna provide how are we gonna do this and 
God provides. We're, we're eating, we're healthy. My children, thank God, are all, all healthy. And we have, we've been hit, we've had my cousin actually, um, John's cousin did have um, COVID and uh, he survived, but you know what? We continue to pray for those and just kind of get by day by day and we'll get through this. Everybody will. Well, Marifa, let, let me get this straight. You have six children. You suffered through lupus. You lost your daughter. <laughs> and you helped your son through cancer. And you've got this glow about you. It's supernatural. It is just supernatural. I know, I know women that get angry and terse when they're having to wait in line at a grocery store. And plus you've got COVID now and you've, you've been laid off. Um, I'm not going to ask you to answer this question right now because I want to go to Joanne now. But I want you to, because I'm sure everybody here that's listening, I don't know about you, um, but it's like, well, how does this woman maintain this beautiful, joyful, uh, inspiring spirit and presence? You know, it's, it's so beautiful. Um, so I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to have all the moms kind of wait in suspense. Um, and uh, I'm going to turn to Joanne to find out a little bit more about you. So Marifa, if we can, uh, we want to know what your secrets are, but just give me a few minutes because I want to tune in to, to Joanne a little bit. And Joanne, before I ask you to tell me a little bit more about your story, um, Amy here, um, who requested the homeschooling moms, here she writes, I'm a secret fan of Joanne from the Ontario homeschooling group on Facebook. So I was particularly excited about today's meetup. <laughs> right? So you've got fans out there, Joanne. <laughs> and, um, I'm one of your fans. Um, definitely one of your fans. And you know, that's one of the things when you begin to meet other Catholic moms who practice their faith, you know, seriously and do their best to submit to the will of God, you kind of think like, wow, these women are so inspiring. And, you know, I gain strength from knowing you, Marifa. I gain strength from knowing you, Joanne. I wanted to thank you both for agreeing to joining me today on this kind of this this incredible ride with the Holy Spirit with these um, these these meetups these virtual meetups. Um, so you're a hero to many, Joanne. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, you know just uh, yeah tell us a little bit more about yourself. I'll tell you right now. I I know there are kids in the house overhearing this and laughing <laughs> really mom <laughs> if uh if you knew well i guess my the one thing that came to mind uh all week preparing for this is that well if i can talk to anybody about stress i can tell you that i i know stress and i have not always dealt with stress really well and uh, it, my my adult children the guinea pigs will tell you that <laughs> that i've had to learn it and um and, and so uh to to make it 
short because I could go on many tangents about homeschooling or about having nine children or learning the faith, all these things. Uh, we, we started homeschooling for academic excellence because in my mind, um, uh, I could do better than what was offered at our school locally. <laughs> and uh, it took a few years before I learned that it wasn't important. Academic excellence wasn't my goal. The goal was to preserve what God gave me in these children and to care for their souls and to raise them up for him and to teach them the fullness of the faith with the assistance of our parish um, because they weren't getting it in our Catholic school. In the town where we live anyway, the, the options were dismal and um, have only recently improved. So we homeschooled and uh, I took it one year at a time. And, uh, and then when my oldest was reaching high school, I determined you're staying home. I'm going to see you through to the end. I know people who do it and I'm going to do this and you don't have a choice. And uh, uh, we plugged away. Um, so I learned though, after the first two or three um, teens that they wanted more and they needed to get out there and do more. So I've loosened up a little. Now I've gone back to uh, the original goal, which is just care for their soul and allow God to work. Um, allow the children to lead a little bit in, in what they need. And, and especially what the world is finding out through this COVID experience, uh, that we need to care first for the children's well-being and uh, the academic excellence can wait. Um, what can I tell you? <laughs> so, Joanne, you've been married for 28 years. Yes. You've got nine children, four to 25. You've got five grandkids. <laughs> I was like, what a full life. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'm like, I have two children and no grandchildren but my my world feels uh, you know like a little bit you know small compared to, and I, I know we shouldn't compare um but but i wanted to i just reassure you you're saying that you know you didn't always handle stress well um neither have i i think most moms out there just go through different stages you know i, I remember hearing a speaker you know, talking about, you know, having to, you know, mortify our feelings. And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> I'm Polish. <laughs> you know, I have memories of my mother taking a slipper and throwing that slipper at my dad and breaking a window, <laughs> you know, and then we all burst out laughing. So we have all had times where we don't deal with stress well. And I keep on saying that uh, I've never gone to confession more than since one becoming a mother, right? <laughs> because there's just all of these things that, you know, I don't know, trigger me. And I, I, I need to take a look at myself. I need to take it to confession. I need to make a commitment to trying to grow in sanctity. So in all of this, what have been some of the most stressful things for you, Joanne, that have, that have happened, you know, in that beautiful family life, um, what, what's something that has been particularly stressful for you? Well, uh, it, every mother will experience as their teens grow into um, their own identity, they'll, they'll start to question 
what we've raised them to believe. So that was the that was God's way of letting me get used to the idea that my children were not necessarily going to fit the mold that I had imagined for them. Um, but one day, our um, single, I think she was 20 at the time, 20-year-old daughter, uh, found out she was pregnant, unmarried, and um, and we needed to help her through this. Uh, I have always been pro-life, but I've never been active in the pro-life world. And I always ask God, show me how you want me to act, because I am not one to be out in front of the abortuary or anywhere. And, and then he said, this is how you're going to walk the pro-life walk. So our daughter uh, moved back home with us and had her baby. And in the time of her pregnancy, she uh, realized God was calling her back to the church. So as stressful as this was and embarrassing, and I, I admit I was embarrassed to go to church, to see our friends, I was um, held up uh, in a way among my friends as the homeschooler, the good the one with the good kids who were, <laughs> you know, seemed to be model children. And, um, and I was embarrassed and I had to realize that I, I had nothing to be embarrassed about. I could be proud of my daughter for choosing life that, that if she was going back to God for forgiveness, then we, who are we to stand and judge her? Um, anyway, this this granddaughter is the greatest blessing and lives with us and brings so much joy to the family. And um, we thought, well, look at that. Our second of nine children, nobody else will make this mistake. <laughs> or I say mistake, but we thought everybody would learn from this and, and understand. Um, the, the value of marriage and all that. And then our 16-year-old daughter uh, became pregnant and she's living at home with us and uh, we have his, our grandson. Uh, thankfully, because she said yes to life and she stood up courageously and, and did not listen to the pressure around her to hide it from us to go for an abortion. It would have been so easy for her to hide it from us, um, but she didn't. And so our life changed and who knew God would use these children to save the, these mothers, but he really did. I can't see how it could have been any other way. <laughs> well, it's, oh, uh, it's a very, very um, just courageous thing for you to be to, to be talking about and I I really really appreciate um, your openness you know your authenticity and uh, just the, the beauty of uh, how openly you know you're sharing I was raised you know by a, a Victorian mom born in Poland in the 1920s and everything you know you weren't supposed to talk about anything and then she had me as a daughter that <laughs> talked about everything and, you know i know that i was a cross for my daughter because my mom wanted everything private and quiet and i was like uh so so thank you for for opening up and thank you for sharing and um you know thank you for also reminding us that as a, a catholic community of of women 
um, we need to be there for one another, right? So we need to support one another because I'm sure were there times where you felt judged or were there times where you felt, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about how right. the, the holy right. rhythm now Catholics, right? You know? Well, right off the bat, right? With, even within our family, we heard well-meaning parents um, saying, maybe she could go live here uh, and then come back or maybe, like trying to find ways to hide it and my husband and I even knowing this this daughter is only 16 was not ready to be a mother we thought she's a child yeah and she was a child is a child um so we thought well God's calling us to one more child we we will raise this baby we will do everything we need to do to provide for him and uh, we were fully prepared to step in if it meant uh, late night feedings, if it meant just doing whatever was required to save this baby and and to save our daughter and save her from despair. And um, well, God provided beyond our means because she is such a wonderful mother. She has taken all responsibility and is uh, finishing her high school education thankfully to a, um, a local service for young mothers. So we really need to remember to support them. Um, she surprises us every day. And so but the one thing I wanted to just for everyone that's, you know, kind of here with us today, um, we've got some comments I wanted to share. Like Peggy says, you know, wow, thank you for your courage and sharing that Joanne. What a beautiful witness to life. What a beautiful witness to life. Yes, thank you. You're an amazing woman. God bless you for sharing and helping so many. Um, I, I think that I just want to kind of clarify in people's, in mom's minds, right? Like sometime as a mother, you do everything that you can to pass down the faith, to teach kids, you know, the Ten Commandments, to teach kids right from wrong, to instill a love for the faith, and then bada boom, bada bing, right from left field, they do something completely different than what you ever expected. And that, that God's plans for our life is not what's in our imagination, mm -hmm. right? And that was one thing that my mother used to always say to me, like, Dorothy, be careful of that imagination. Be careful, because you got to take what God gives and not what you imagine, right? And, um, and I know that for the longest time when I was like in the self-help movement, the self-actualization, you know, like imagining and visualizing the future, you know, and it's like, well, you know, sometimes you do the best that you can, you pass down the faith, and then sometimes a kid hits university and they've lost their faith, right? Or they've met the wrong person. But that doesn't mean that we as moms give up on the faith. We've got to model, as Joanne has modeled, to remain true to the faith, true to our convictions, and keep on putting one foot in front of the other. So if any of you here have children um, that have left the faith, 
you know, it's so important to keep loving them and it's so important um, to keep reflecting God's grace, you know, to them. Um, I, I want to go back to, to, to Marifa. So Marifa, uh, you know, someone here, I, I think you'd want to read this here because people sometimes say, can I read the comments later? And I'm like, I haven't figured that part out yet. <laughs> so I do want to share them with you now. I am so amazed at Marifa's faith and testimony. Marifa used to come to St. Mary's Elementary School in Brampton to teach students Zumba. She was amazing. The kids loved it. I retired in 2016, but as secretary, I remember watching her class fondly. Thank you for what you gave the students, Marifa. You are glowing with the light of Christ in you praying for you regarding the lupus diagnosis god has always uh, god has his ways to accomplish what he wants in our lives um so you know you guys are loved joanne you are loved by all the women in the community here marifa you are loved by so many both of you are touching so many lives uh, so marifa how do you do it how do you how do you remain this glowing, shining? <laughs> there really isn't a secret for me. I try to, I try to keep things pretty simple, short. Um, I don't get into any complicated thing, really. Um, I start every day with prayer. I end every day with prayer. Um, actually, uh, I think it was at a conference, was it last year or two years ago, Dorothy, you were in a very stressful moment before that conference and you're like, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> and I just have that image myself when it, when you come to a moment where you're like, ah, you know, Holy Spirit, come, just let it wash, let it, let him wash all over you and let him fill your heart. I start every day with prayer and I, I take the daily scriptures and I take and focus maybe a little bit about uh, today was abide in me and I abide in you and just trust that, you know, like take that, um, live that, just embrace that in your heart. And so every day I pick something and then I kind of focus that. And throughout the day, I'll always just say, come Holy Spirit, Mary, help me. Little prayers here and there. And I was at a Catholic mom's group. I don't need a conference. I don't even remember who the speaker was, but she said, when I'm frustrated or I'm angry and I'm folding the laundry and I'm like, oh, I gotta fold this laundry. gotta do this. And she changes it by making it a Hail Mary. And she starts praying for that person and she'll pray for the person that did the sweater and she remembers scrubbing the mud off that but then she started saying a hail mary for that person and it ended up being a prayer so for me i feel that if you could turn everything and make it prayerful and it's hard it's tough times sometimes and my, i'm not perfect at it i mean yesterday i was just hollering at my kids about picking up this and picking up that and you know it's just offering it up as I said before, God has a plan that um, that was written even before this day came, and you're just here to live it and just offer it and let Him fill you. And you can, you know, feel feel get get more from joy than to get down 
and angry. And there is a lot of sadness around us right now. There is a lot of that, but most of it is all out of our control. And uh, we get frustrated in what's happening uh, with the government, with healthcare, with all of this stuff that's happening, but really is beyond our control. And we could just take things in little bits and, and, and pray. And for me, I always need a physical outlet. So working out and, and, and even if it's tough, even if it's hard, I'll punch through it and I always feel better. I always feel better after a workout for me, um, even for, it might not be a workout for you. Maybe it's walking around the block. Maybe it's baking. Um, I, and maybe it's, it's creativity, artwork, whatever it is, God's given each of us gifts and just knowing what makes you feel good and just be joyful in that. And I always get a lot of joy giving. Doesn't matter what we have in the table, uh, our income has been cut in half and it doesn't matter. I tell my husband, I don't care. This person's going through something. I'm baking that meal. I'm passing those cookies. I'm giving that there. Um, it doesn't matter because I always find it doubles, triples coming back here. And so it doesn't matter what little you have, you give and you be joyful in that. And so there was a, the secretary there did say that I was in the, in the classroom. So I've taken, I've taken my, uh, my fitness world and brought it to kids. I actually work in senior homes as well. And I, I miss them. It's been months since I've been in there because I can't go in, but I teach them Zumba in the, I teach them dance fitness in a, in a, in a, in a wheelchair. And some of them that hardly move, but just having the music and going like this and just moving, it just brings such joy. And how can I not get joy from that? So giving joy, getting joy, I, it, again, it's offering every day. Um, uh, another thing is, uh, is having friends, really good, strong Catholic friends to keep you grounded. Uh, having someone you can call. I am so blessed. Uh, my mom is here and my sister is here and I'm surrounded by such amazing Catholic women that I can call on and say, can you help me with this? Can you pray for this? You know how many people I asked to pray for me today? Uh, and <laughs> thankfully yesterday was Our Lady of Fatima, which is my feast day. My full name is Maria Fatima. And I had all day to pray for today. So uh, the joy comes from giving. The joy comes from um, offering everything up and just knowing that God will give you what you can handle today. And he just looks after. I tell my kids all the time, do your best and God does the rest. Like, just be happy in that. Yeah, and uh, Marif, I just wanted to, I guess, stress this, <sighs> these friendships, right? These friendships that, like, one of the reasons that, um, you know, I approached the Archdiocese about starting these mothers groups is that I could see at my own kitchen table that the friendships that were forged there among Catholic women were so different than the friendships I had in a corporate setting, you know? So when, you know, I was the, you know, national training manager of Tupperware or the small claims court manager at Dun & Bradstreet, or I was teaching at the, you know, Schulich Executive Education Center, it was just the women I was meeting there were so different, right? And then at mom's group, these women were praying for me. At mom's group, they were affirming me. At mom's group, you know, um, when someone was sick in the family, they were bringing meals. So the, the world of corporate friends versus the world of 
Catholic moms group was just like, it was just like two whole new worlds. And I, and I always say that to me, you know, Catholic moms group saved my life because I, I kept on turning to worldly kind of solutions. And it wasn't until I met other Catholic women that saw something in me, that loved me, that prayed for me, and I prayed for them, that I was, you know, I could become the person that God intended me to become, right? And so to me, these mother's groups, like I always tell people, Dorothy Polarski, she is not a theologian. Dorothy Polarski, she is not, you know, I don't have the catechism <laughs> memorized in any way. Is, is, is my goal is to introduce you to women like Marifa, to introduce you to women like, um, you know, Joanne, so that you can be inspired. And that when I need prayer, I know I can turn to Marifa, I know I can turn to Joanne. Um, you know, we're wanting almost to start a network of good Catholic girlfriends, right? That inspire one another, that pray for one another. And when I'm on the track to start sinning, because I obviously, then people go, hey, Dorothy, don't go there. Don't go there, right? Um, you know, Marifa was so beautiful. She wrote me an email the other day and said, Dorothy, you're like being way too hard on yourself. So, um, we need one another. As Catholic women, we need one another. Um, and a priest once said to me that the best way to stay aligned in God's will is to read the daily mass readings, to read those readings, to reflect on them, and to pray on them. Because when you read those readings, you're united with the entire Catholic Universal Church, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was Ann Shields, too, that, you know, said to me that, you know, a guy dies, he goes and he meets his creator and the creator says, so, you know, have you read my book? And he goes, oh, I've been too busy doing this, doing that. And God's like, I only wrote one book. <laughs> so uh, to turn to scripture daily, um, you know, Martine here writes, I can never go back to the corporate world. I'd rather be poor with the women I dealt with, their mean spirit who harassed me and bullied me. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying the corporate world is, is bad. Uh, I sometimes miss the fancy hotels I stayed in when they traveled. <laughs> and uh, I met some really good women, but you have to know that there's a difference, right? Um, Joanne, can you tell us what are some of the things that helped you deal with um, some of the very real stressors? What are some things that helped you in dealing with very real stressors? Uh, well, as Marifa said, uh, I start my day and I end my day with prayer. I knew very early on as a mom of just a couple of young children that I needed friends. I was the youngest mom among my peers and I was lonely and I wanted the Catholic homeschool moms that I met to be my friends and I didn't feel connected to them. It took me many years to trust that I could trust them and, uh, and then I started to model what I saw in them. I have to tell you some of those women were Opus Dei and they were the greatest models of a virtuous motherhood and being a virtuous 
Catholic woman and wife. And I was inspired by what I witnessed there. And I was searching for a deeper spiritual life. And my parents uh, were secular Carmelites. And I started reading St. Therese of Lisieux, The Little Flower. I read St. Teresa of Avila, and they were like my mothers. I felt this is home. Uh, but there was no community where I live. And I had young children, and it was unheard of to belong to that kind of order. Uh, if you were still pulled by your children and your husband and your, the needs at home. So I thought that this is gonna have to wait till I'm 60 years old. Uh, and that's fine, I accepted that. I knew God will call me when I'm ready. Well, then a, an opportunity came up and the bishop allowed my dad to start a community near to home and, and I got to go. And so that was about 11 years ago uh, that I uh, started looking into that. And uh, it was six years of formation in uh, the secular Carmelite order. Um, and I made life promises, definitive promises to uh, live a life where I would commit my day to uh, prayer, a prayer in the morning, prayer in the evening, and mental prayer every day. So I use the divine office. I pray that in the morning and in the evening and scripture. And, and that discipline gave me so much uh, peace. It helped me deal with the stress because I learned very early on that nothing was in my hands. The Psalms are full of uh, lessons for us uh, on how God knows before we even speak the word, he knows what we need. So we have to allow him to work. Uh, we won't always see the fruit of our prayer, but it doesn't mean our prayer is in vain. So we just keep praying. We offer what we can. We try to remain always aware that he is with us every moment. He's promised. He, he abides in us. He says, like you said, live in me and, and I will live in you. Do this and I, my father and I will come and make our home in you. So trust it. <laughs> and um, uh, so this has helped me deal with stress. I've learned to not listen to the world's answer. Everybody talks now about self-care, right? Uh, what do you do for self-care? And I had this conversation with my eldest the other day. She said, I don't know what to do. I used to shop with my little ones. I'd go and spend the day at the mall. And that to me was great, but it doesn't work anymore for my family. So what, what do I do for self-care? I don't have hobbies. I don't have interests. And uh, we had to talk about the difference between what the world says is to run away to deal with yourself, to take care of yourself, escape the stress, squash the, the negative in your life, um, versus look at why these stresses, uh, why are these things so, such stressors for you? And what's at the root of the stress? Very often it's fear or a lack of control or um, an unwillingness to let God work. Um, and or maybe your ego. Maybe things are stressing you out because it's not your way. and uh, Or you're too embarrassed to admit to somebody else that you're failing. So, so we need to sometimes look at whether there's a virtue that we need to work on. And in doing that, the stress is 
you view it in the eyes of Christ instead of through your eyes. Uh, so, yeah, and it, there's so many beautiful things in, in, in your comment is, you know, to remember that there are saints in heaven that can intercede for us. And, you know, I found that instead of, you know, reading a relaxation response, instead of reading stress without distress, instead of reading, you know, stress for success, I found that when I started reading books written by saints, it was like a whole new world. And, um, and, and so uh, I encourage each of you to hear that have joined us today is, uh, you know, God will send you a saint to accompany you. And I, I always say to please read the books written by the saints instead of reading the books about the saints. Because I, I say that, you know, the book that was written by the saint themselves and they're in heaven, their thoughts got them to heaven, you know? So if we can share in their thoughts, um, you know, if we can share in those thoughts of the saints in, in heaven, then they will strengthen us. Um, I remember when I was writing, just finishing off the manuscript for uh, Motherhood Matters, and also approaching the archdiocese about starting the mother's ministry all these terrible things began to happen if i were to list them all you'd be like saying really that sounds almost strange and um a dear friend a fellow catholic mom nikki decudo she said you're being harassed by satan i was like what None of my corporate friends would ever be say that say that right. She goes, yeah, you you need protection. You're being harassed by Satan. These are spiritual attacks. I'm like, well, what do you do about spiritual attacks? And what are spiritual attacks? And she said, well, I have a first class relic of Saint Gemma Galgani, and I want you to bring Saint Gemma Galgani into your home. And I had so many terrible things happen that I was kind of like, whatever, <laughs> like it sounded weird to me, you know, like a first class relic, bring it into my home and it's gonna help, right? I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know? And uh, so Nikki delivered the first class relic and St. Gemma Galgani single-handedly got rid of 92 obstacles, 872 attacks, and she just cleared the way. And it was supernatural. I, I almost stole the relic from Nikki. <laughs> I didn't want to give it back to her because she was so powerful. And um, in our magazine, How to Start a Mother's Group, there's actually a lot of information about St. Gemma Galgani. If you have obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, um, I, I beg you to Google St. Gemma, G-E-M-M-A, Galgani is G-A-L-A-N-I. Um, it's just remarkable. This, this ministry would have never gotten off the ground without St. Gemma Galgani. Um, the other thing too is, 
you know, Vicenta here writes about the importance of intercessory prayers. I always write to um, uh, the Mother Angelica's nuns. I, I, I recently wrote to them saying we, we were having trouble with our website. It, it just, we just started having very serious problems. I'm like, sisters uh you know so the the mother angelica nuns also do receive intercessory prayers um marifa you know our, our hour is almost coming up i know that you've got a a fitness class coming up so what are this i don't want to uh, what are some kind of closing thoughts that you would like to share with um moms here you know before i know you're gonna have to kind of run off uh, what are some closing thoughts some closing words of encouragement for moms experiencing stress well first and foremost we're not perfect only god is perfect and god looks after all that we need all that we care for sometimes a lot of that stress is put on ourselves because we aim to be up here we aim to be perfect we want to have everything in control the house all clean we want our kids to be perfect it's because we're putting things uh, a higher call standard so we have to bring that down and, and and just live it up to leave leave it up to god and use every moment every moment that we're living today can be used to bring god closer to the people around us and people around us closer to him so for the first first my my scripture verse that i always use is that in you lord my god i put my trust and i trust every moment regardless of how it goes just to let go let god and he will give you what you need and you know and remembering i think too that we, we often seek a life without suffering and we think that because we're suffering, there's something wrong with our lives. Like, mm -hmm. in, you know, you've had to suffer through, you know, lupus, you've had to suffer through all these things, but yet joy is on the other end of it. If you, if you don't give in it's to in the despair. Definitely. It's in suffering that I really feel that that's when we see and feel Christ work in our lives it's through that suffering so i'm not saying let's pray for suffering but it's in the suffering that he's given us is that when we really truly reach out for him to take control now marifa what words of wisdom would you give because like i meet certain women and it's almost like i can see the suffering that they experienced 10 years ago from the loss of their marriage or their child and they're still carrying that suffering five years later ten years later and i just i always pray for those women because i can almost feel it in their presence that they it's still there as if it happened just yesterday and and you've had the gift of that it's you know it's not crushing you like would you have any words for those women that are still like holding it all well, I still, I still bury, bury a lot of pain and I bury a lot of hurt and fear. That's just natural. Um, again, all I can say is just to give it to God and God will take that from you. And, uh, and maybe you have to feel those things and you, maybe you have to feel that pain. You have to feel that anguish and really to, to really reach out for him, to take control. Ask Mama Mary 
keep with those prayers. So I don't have a secret or a special words of wisdom by all means, but for me, what worked in me is always emptying myself so that the Holy Spirit can be filled with that joy. Yeah, and, and I think too, like I'm just, Lisa, how about, how about you, Joanne? Would you have any other words for those women that are kind of holding on to past hurts and past stressors and it's, you know, well, the, I, I, last night I came across Psalm 139, and we know the psalm because uh, it, it's used a lot. We hear these lines from it, uh, where can I run from your love? You knit me together in my mother's womb. We are familiar with those lines, but before those lines, earlier in the psalm, are the lines, even before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. God knows our path, the psalmist tells us. And the rest of the psalm says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. So I take from that, that I have to ask God daily, you know why this is happening to me. I don't know why this is happening to me. I won't know until I come to see you face to face why this happened. Oh, well, I may know, um, but we just have to offer it up. We have to know he's with us in it. And um, uh, as I said, just practice being in his presence. Every little thing, St. Therese used to say, she'd pick up a pin for God. People don't understand. I get asked that all the time. What does offering it up mean? What is it? It means going against what is our, na our nature and asking God to um, show us his nature, you know, <laughs> um, to be a little less of who we instinctively want, uh, turn to be and try to just do what he wants us to do. Yeah, and, um, you know, and my, my mom used to always say that, you know, if we unite our suffering, so if something terrible is happening in the moment, she used to teach us to say, you know, Jesus, I unite my suffering with you now. I'm there with you on the cross. We're in this together, Jesus. And I offer this suffering for an increase of grace in my marriage or an increase of grace in my son so that when we unite, you know, Jesus, I unite the suffering right now of making this dinner, which I don't feel like making. I'm with you up there on the cross. <laughs> and I offer it up, you know, for the salvation or for the ministry, you know. Um, so offering it up helps. Um, and, and two, you know, like, if you know that you're living under a cloud, or I call it like an umbrella of past hurts, you know, it's almost important to say, like, you know, Jesus, allow me to live in the present moment and allow me to let go of that umbrella, you know, because if we're living under an umbrella of despair, and that despair is from 10 years ago, we're, we're in bondage. I heard a priest say to me, I heard a priest said to me once in confession, and, and some people take this to sound a little bit strange. The past belongs to the devil, and the future belongs to the devil, but God is in the present. 
And I, I thought, what do you mean the future belongs to the devil? But what he meant is that the devil uses the past to torment you. And the devil will use your worry about the future to torment you. And right now in the present is the only opportunity you have to give yourself fully to God. So I live on that all the time. Yeah, and the one thing that, um, that, that could help, you know, some folks is I, I hope that in, in meeting you, Marifa, and in meeting you, Joanne, that, uh, you know, people could say, well, if Joanne did this and this and this, and if Marifa did this and this and this, then surely God's going to help me uh, get over this. So just to, just to summarize a couple of the things, um, rooted in scripture, I think is something that Marifa talked about, using whatever gifts and talents that you have. Uh, I, I think uh, Marifa hit on something, you know, she says like, if you do the things that you love, you're going to create more love in your life. So if you love to dance or if you love to sing, if you love to scrapbook, um, you know, I know that that's one thing that I struggle with is I don't do enough of the things that I love. And then I become, you know, all stressed out. Um, so, but making a commitment to doing the things that you love uh, re Joanne mentioned remembering the Psalms and turning to the Psalms, maybe joining um, a, a ministry of either, you know, lay Carmelites, or I know there's so many different movements in the church, um, maybe joining a Catholic moms group, maybe starting a Catholic moms group, um, many beautiful moment, movements in the church. Um, anyway, it's, it's 306. I know that in the past, you know, some moms wrote to me saying, you know, you ended it all so abruptly. <laughs> so I, I don't want to end the, the meeting abruptly, but we are coming to a close. I'd like to um, thank you so much, each of you, for joining us today. Thank you, Vicenta, for joining us. Thank you, Nelsie. Thank you, Martine. Uh, thank you, uh, Claude. Thank you. Gina, thank you, Mariana, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, but most importantly, thank you, Marafa, for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Joanne, for joining us today. Um, we are going to have another meeting next week. Next week, we've got uh, so far uh, a mom of two. She's a, a physician and she's going to be talking about balancing work and balancing family life. So I hope that you join us next week and uh, we're all gonna wave goodbye so it's not too sudden and abrupt. We love you. Thank God bless. Thank God bless. Marifa. Thank you everybody. And please know we love hearing from you. So send us an email, send us your requests and uh, hopefully we can have Marifa and Joanne back Again, for another meeting, it was a blast. I'm so glad we met this time. Amen. 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 Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.